section eighty one of the inheritance by susan edmonston ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter ten the stage is pleasant and the way seems short all strewed with flowers the days appear but hours being spent in time beguiling sport here griefs do neither press nor doubts perplex here's neither fear to curb nor care to vex quarrels perhaps no woman ever heard another highly commended by her lover without feeling at least a slight sensation of pique and jealousy and something of this sort gertrude had begun to cherish against lady charles arabin before she saw her she was therefore prepared to receive her with something of the air and manner with which a pretty spoiled child might be supposed to welcome its governess and unknown to herself there was a tournure of the head a colour on the cheek a slight pout on the lip when that lady and colonel delmore were announced together but the first glance at lady charles instantly dispelled all her fears and thick-coming fancies as she beheld what in common life would be called a middle-aged woman without any pretensions to beauty beyond a tolerably regular set of features and a figure which though evidently of a fine structure was thin almost to meagreness her dress was striking without being singular her manners were quiet but perfectly elegant and the tout ensemble conveyed that impression of high birth and high breeding which is something too subtle and refined to be described or analyzed something of so delicate and impalpable a nature that it might sometimes escape notice altogether but for the effect it produces upon others gertrude had never felt that her mother was vulgar till she contrasted the florid pomposity of her manner with the ease grace and simplicity of lady charles arabin she spoke little and there was nothing in her conversation beyond the frivolous chit-chat of the day but her voice and accent were both fine and she skimmed over subjects with an airy lightness that would have baffled anything like discussion even had any one been so inclined she invited gertrude to take a drive with her to which she readily acceded notwithstanding mrs st clair's manifest displeasure which however she did not venture to express that lady was considerably annoyed by the manners of lady charles which made her feel her own as something unwieldy and overgrown like a long train they were both out of the way and in the way and she did not know very well how to dispose of them indeed few things can be more irritating than for those who have hitherto piqued themselves upon the abundance of their manner to find all at once that they have a great deal too much that no one is inclined to take it off their hands and that in short it is dead stock lady charles took leave for gertrude stopped a moment in the drawing-room behind her companions to say a few coaxing words to her mother then as she hurried to overtake them 
she heard lady charles say as an answer to some remark of colonel delmore she is perfect and she blushed as she caught the meaning glance he turned to cast upon her much was done in the way of shopping a variety of splendid dresses were ordered a great deal of bijouterie was purchased and gertrude was whirled from place to place and from shop to shop till her head was almost turned with the varied and bustling scenes in which she was acting for the first time a part it is not at first that london either astonishes or delights it is too vast and too complicated to be taken in all at once either by the eye or the mind and it requires a little schooling to enjoy even the variety and the brilliancy of its pleasures as they flash in rapid and never-ceasing succession on the bewildered senses lady rossville like all novices felt something of this and she sighed for the peaceful romantic seclusion of her own domain where she was all in all and where her lover was all to her but it is not the young and admired who can stand long on the brink of pleasure indulging their own sentimental reveries and gertrude with all her feeling and romance and enthusiasm was soon in the vortex of elegant dissipation born like a feather on the tide of fashionable celebrity she was hurried along she knew not whither while at the same time wherever she went she was hailed as the leader of every favourite folly she was the idol of the day and she breathed only in an atmosphere of adulation baleful alike in its effects on the head and the heart amidst the delusions of the scene she forgot everything save her lover but even when all looks were turned upon her as the magnet of the glittering throng it was in his eyes only that she sought to read her triumph although her engagement with colonel delmore was pretty generally understood and he had all the bearing of the accepted lover still that did not prevent others from entering the lists but on the contrary was rather an additional attraction and men far superior to himself in rank and station and some of them not much his inferior in personal endowments had declared themselves her lovers but even delmore jealous and irritable as he was felt that he had no cause to dread a rival in her affections mr delmore and she had only met once and that at a formal dinner at the duke of burlington's where they had merely exchanged the common courtesies of acquaintanceship he was evidently of the family school the duke and duchess being formal dull personages living in a vast and stately mansion amidst a profusion of magnificent heirlooms of every description that would have been an establishment for you gertrude sighed her mother as they left the mansion where she had felt more at home than amidst the gay unattainable ease of fashionable manners what madness to reject so magnificent a lot but even yet oh mamma beware how you utter even a hope on that subject unless you would raise the shades of the whole race of the mighty departed delmores i have been thinking how fortunate it is that i am destined to be a mere scion on that noble stock how could i ever have sustained the whole weight of the family dignity i protest i have got a crick in my neck with only looking at and imagining the weight of the duchess's old-fashioned diamond necklace and gertrude said to herself that colonel delmore was quite right in wishing to preserve her 
from his family circle she now gave herself up with greater zest than ever to the round of frivolous occupations and amusements which form the sole business of so many an immortal being's existence and which are no less fascinating to the unreflecting mind than they are vain and unsatisfying to the eye of reason and experience it was to no purpose that mrs st clair remonstrated and threatened and denounced her power was gone she never had possessed the affection of the daughter and she had now lost the control of authority besides the countess afforded her little time or opportunity to expatiate on her extravagances she lived in such an unceasing world that mrs st clair had in vain strove to keep pace with her she had been obliged to relinquish the attempt their hours did not keep time and their engagements were in opposite spheres each had their apartments their carriages their society and gertrude felt satisfied that her mother had all these things and was also noticed by and indeed in habits of intimacy with colonel delmore's family her own mornings were spent in sitting to half the sculptors and painters in town for busts and pictures in all possible variety to please the fastidious taste of her lover in riding in the park with him or in shopping with lady charles or some other frivolous idler in the evening there were dinners and parties and balls and operas and concerts in such quick succession as left her scarcely conscious of having been at one before she found herself at some other confess this is to live said delmore to her one evening as he led her from one gay multitude where she had been the admired of all admirers to another where her appearance would excite an equal sensation all that is wanting replied she with a smile is time to feel one's enjoyment but i can scarcely tell whether i chase pleasure or it chases me or whether we are running a race or in short how we go on together take a ride with me to-morrow in the park and we shall go at a sober foot-pace that you may have time to find out said delmore but to-morrow i give lawrence another sitting take the ride first and you will go to him with a bloom that will make him burn his palate End of section eighty one